Hello and welcome back to the Decora Edit podcast. I am Julia and this week's episode is the second part of the conversation on sustainability I had with Fedra and Salem. In the previous episode, we discussed the social and environmental aspects of sustainability. I had such an educational chat with Fedra and Salem and definitely recommend you to give it a listen if you haven't yet. Moving on to this week's episode, before recording this episode, I've asked you to share all your questions on sustainability on the Decora Edit Instagram page. And on this note, I would like to thank everyone who got in touch and sent us questions. We got some really interesting ones and can't wait to answer you all in this episode. So let's get started. So the first question I'm going to answer here is about education and so where to study sustainable fashion. I'm going to share a little bit of my experience here and some knowledge. There are two approaches you can take when it comes to education, self-study or go through a more traditional academic path. In regards to self-study, there are so many resources available these days which make so much easier the learning journey Uh, and that's certainly an advantage however that can be also extremely overwhelming in my personal experience i have a degree in traditional fashion design however most of the knowledge i have in sustainable fashion comes from reading researching and just generally following people involved in the movement I'm going to share some of the resources I found useful through my learning process and I hope might be of any help for you too. I think following relevant people across all social media channels is so important and also a great resource because you have a constant flow of information coming your way and that's so great and you also can keep yourself up to date with news and events and uh, you might be surprised of how much you can actually learn from the people in the actual field and uh, i truly believe that it's so important that you find your own niche of people that you trust and that you align your values with Uh, that's key some of the accounts i personally follow include fashion revolution remake global fashion exchange ellen MacArthur foundation eco age and labor behind the label. These are some great organizations involved in ethical fashion as well as sustainability and such great source of knowledge. I would also suggest you to browse through their websites as they have a large amount of resources you can learn from. Some of them share some really insightful reports which really help me to have a better understanding of the fashion industry but also change my mind on so many ways um listening to podcasts it's another great way to learn as are a great source of information and also very easy to digest so far this is certainly my favorite channel for learning and keep me entertained while i'm doing so um, i really enjoy the chat sharing knowledge format and i think it really works well especially during these times. Um, I enjoy listening to these podcasts while I'm having breakfast in the morning or just when I'm doing very low-key tasks. I think it's just great. Some of the podcasts I actually follow are Wardrobe Crisis, Common Threads, Remember Who Made Them and Conscious Chatter. And the themes 
of this podcast that vary from garment workers' rights to conscience consumption and just an overall look at the fashion industry from very different areas. And uh, I think they're all very interesting for so many reasons and definitely worth a listen. Other more conventional resources you have available are books, articles, magazines, um, videos, plenty of resources out there that are at your reach. Moving to the academic path. So my thoughts on fashion education might be slightly unconventional as I believe that you don't necessarily need a degree in fashion to be part of the industry. And in fact, your motivation, commitment and determination alongside a great range of skill set, obviously, are much more valuable. That being said, Looking back at my degree uh, course in specific, not much was covered in terms of sustainable fashion, as even if it was only four years ago, sustainability wasn't as prominent in the industry as it is right now. But after all, I can certainly say that I have developed skills I didn't have necessarily before that course. So after all, it was great. Anyway, if you're thinking to sign up for a degree in fashion, Research the schools in your country or area and make sure they provide sustainable fashion-focused courses. Another great way to start your sustainable fashion academic path can be online courses. And for these, you can look into Future Learn, which is a great platform for education. And you can find courses provided by organizations such as Fashion Revolution, as well as universities like London College of Fashion. And you can attend from anywhere in the world and are definitely less expensive compared to a full-time university degree course. Moving on to the next question, how can small brands or more in general companies compete with bigger ones while remaining sustainable? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting question and I, I'm not sure I know the answer to be honest. I think it's just going to be kind of based on based on my opinion. But um, I think small companies might be struggling with like very high operating costs sometimes they don't really get the best deals from suppliers just because they are not mass producers so they don't need the same volume of, of items they don't need to order as much uh, small companies especially sustainable companies often uh, or let's hope always pay living wages minimum living wages at least to all employees and also the, the materials that they purchase might be more expensive because they are better quality uh, so because of this, I would say a lot of the times they have higher costs than big companies, uh, which can which can be difficult to kind of manage and, and which can kind of uh, uh, so which can which can. OK, let's cut this part, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so they because of the high operating costs that they have, uh, it's sometimes difficult for them to grow. Uh, it's difficult them to recruit more people even if there's kind of like a high demand for their services um, and sustainability can be an advantage more and more people want to buy sustainable products these days these days um, and and as i mentioned before i think by being sustainable they have the advantage of of being able to avoid risks and and scrutiny because big companies might be able to to bring down their costs by not paying living wage or not providing safe working conditions 
but eventually um, these things will come to light because something will go wrong along the value chain uh, something might happen and that puts them into a very difficult position so if that happens they might need to cease trading they they might not be able to stay in market um, so i think because of this sustainability is definitely an advantage and can be definitely an advantage in a way that they can avoid these risks but at the same time i am a firm believer of 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 having a very very good business plan in place and i'm a firm believer in in the whole concept of of having a valid business idea so i think that that the marketing have to be very well thought of. Uh, no brand can only rely on sustainable practices. Uh, they need to ensure that they have a good business plan in place, uh, that they have good financial um, plans in place, uh, that they can um, attract investment if the company is limited by share. If not, either way, I think that their financial planning is, is crucial. How are they going to get money? Uh, are they going to take take a loan or do they have any grant fundings that they receive uh, is it a company limited by share how are they going to get investment uh, so financial planning is very important marketing business development and operation strategy uh, also need to be in place um, so that the business can scale so I think it's kind of like a two-way thing the sustainability is very important it can be an advantage but I think that on its own unfortunately um, might not be enough. So it, it, these companies in the fashion industry still, if, if, if um, they are incorporated as a for-profit company, then they need to have these, these business practices in, in place and, and these things need to be well thought of. I'm not sure if this kind of answered the question, um, but yeah, I think this is more kind of like my opinion on, on the question, to be honest. So in terms of challenges, what are the main ones that sustainability at a larger scale is facing right now? I think, I think there, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of challenges at the moment. Um, from my perspective, there are a lot of, there are a lot of climate uh, change deniers in some sense who, who don't necessarily believe that, um, that, that we do need to do anything. And they do believe that the way we've been living can continue. Um, and I think the, the arguments with them or convincing them have, have, been go have not been going really well recently with, um, with, with people like Donald Trump. He's not president anymore, obviously, but with him being elected at one point, I think that did do a lot of damage to the credibility of, of, um, of the movement. Um, I, I think that's that's going to need to increase in the future. That that topic of sustainability, the topic of climate change, is something that needs to be taught at schools more. It needs to be shown that that's it, it's not it it's not a topic that's up for argument. It's not an opinionated thing. It's an objective thing that's happening to us at the moment, and we do do need to do um, something about it. But interestingly enough, a lot of the changes that we will have to undergo in our in our life, a lot of the changes that we will have to make in our life, um, they will require um, sacrifices in some instances. So you mentioned the biggest challenges. So there are a lot of industries, um, the meat industry, for example, the transport industry, again, the fashion industry, they, they contribute quite a lot to climate change and to uh, 
to worsen ecosystem. And they can change as industries, but we also must change and adapt. And I think one of the biggest challenges is us as humans, even the people who do believe in the who do believe in climate change, even the people who are willing to make a change, how much are we willing to do to 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 move to a new normal in some sense? Are we willing to take less flights per year? Are we willing to eat less meat per year? Um, are we willing to cycle as much as we can instead? Are we willing to do our part um, in this whole thing? And I think that's that's one of the biggest challenges because it's it's very easy for people to to feel as 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 an individual in some sense and and that what they're what they're doing doesn't make a difference. But a collective effort by everyone will make a very big difference. Um, I think I think that's that's a very important kind of thing to to consider. The, the, there are other challenges. There is we we talk about climate change a lot um, in the context of the environment, but there are other things that we are um, affecting negatively. Biodiversity is one one very big thing. Um, all all the all the plants that are dying, all the different animal species that are going extinct as well, and that's not necessarily something related to climate change, for example, but it's another environmental disaster that that is happening and that will have a massive effect on us. Water is something where where water resources are slowly reducing as well, and and again that's not something that necessarily has to do with climate change, but it's another very important thing that can lead to to political consequences at one point. So the biggest challenge is is, is to look at all of these problems and to slowly start working towards a solution for them. It's not something that's going to get solved overnight. It's not something that's going to get solved in a, maybe even in a few years. I think, but we do need set concrete plans to to look and find a solution. And at the moment, I don't think that exists yet. And I think that's what the challenge is. The biggest challenge is to make that. And once we've made it, we can slowly at least see a kind of a finish line or, a, or an optimistic future in some sense. Yeah, I think uh, you touched on an important aspect, the fact that sometimes we just feel as individuals and um, we probably don't really understand the power that we have on our hands and uh, the change in fact starts from the smaller things and the smaller changes that we can bring to to the community and to the society and it could actually just be a starting point towards a bigger and a collective change and it could be just buying less we don't need that much clothes anymore just because we're home most of the times I mean it's probably not the ideal circumstance uh, but it is probably just a push for us to understand that we don't need so much and uh, we're in fact I think very lucky to be in a in a place where we have uh, access to so many things we're like in countries that can give us a lot of resources and sometimes we forget that there are other side of the sides of the world that are not as well uh, equipped as as ours and taking a step back and really considering that uh, we could lose everything we have just because of our uh, attitude and our comforts is something that really make, makes me think. Fashion industry make it so easy for us to, to, to buy more and to consume more and just to dispose of goods so easily. Uh, it's a cycle that this should be broken. Um, so, so yeah, I think as singles, we can do much. We can we can do. It, it starts from us, right? It, start, it starts from us. I would like to bring up something that's been in the news in the past week or so, which is um, 
a group of very amateur investors trying to take on Wall Street uh, hedge funds. And that, that is a very, it's a very nice example of very kind of individual people who thought they were too small collectively making a big change. Um, and I think that's, that's uh, it's another way to think about it. You know, on, on our own, we are, we, we don't, we maybe can't do enough, but together we can definitely make a very big difference. And when it comes to social sustainability, what are the main challenges there? Um, I think the challenges, the main challenges are around suppliers, lower tier suppliers, making sure that they are also following sustainable practices and, and trying to kind of measure that and, and, and have information about those lower tier suppliers, or even if um, us as companies don't have information on, on those lower tier suppliers, can our first tier supplier make sure that, that everything is, is kind of going okay and they follow those practices as well? Because I think it's probably very difficult to monitor all the lower tier suppliers as a company because you don't have a direct relationship with them. So what can we do to make sure that those first tier suppliers have those relationships with them and, and, and monitor that everything is, is going right. Um, so I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges in kind of um, social sustainability. But I think it, it is probably true for all, all kind of other elements as well. Uh, when we talked about living wages, um, when we talked about safe working conditions, these are still things that are not present in every single company. So I would say all of these are equally important and all of these are equally challenging. In terms of sustainable practices, apart from recycling, reusing and reducing, what else can we do? Recycle, reuse, reduce is something that's very popular in the sustainability world. But I think before you buy anything, the first question you have to ask yourself is, do I, how much do I need this? Do I really need this? And, and I think it's, it's a bit of a mindfulness exercise when you try and purchase something to think about it and think about um, really where it came from, really how much it cost for, for it for it to come here, really how much environmental cost did it have. And, and to think about how long it's going to last with you, to think how, it's, how much, how important this thing is for you. And I think this is all very important um, stuff to think about. I think the, the word recycling in recent years has had this, um, I wouldn't say negative, but a slightly negative effect on people in, in the sense that they feel better about themselves when they purchase something that's recycled or that's recyclable easily. And I, I, I do think that the, the recycling has brought a bit of a, I wouldn't say negative, but a slightly negative kind of consequence to us is that we tend to feel better about ourselves and maybe purchase more stuff because they're recyclable, because we feel good about ourselves. And there, this this has been a problem in, in engineering and in sustainability engineering in a, in a different way, because um, it has been expected that with, with renewable energy happening more, rather than people reducing their energy use, they're going to use more energy and they're going to use more electricity uses. They're thinking, oh, but it's okay because it's renewable energy. So they feel better about themselves when in reality, the first step should be reducing our demand. And I think this is another problem is when, when you find, for example, um, a shop that sells sustainable clothing that's very cheap, but it's very sustainable at the same time. I think the idea isn't to get carried away and just buy lots of them just because they're sustainable, just because they can be recycled. 
but actually just think about reduce reduce your consumption and reducing your consumption is is the, the solution to all all the problems that we are having um a lot of the problems we're having are as a result of overconsumption so i think that's that's the one big thing that you can do when thinking about alternative to recycle and well, reduce waste and and reuse um the other thing is to be very kind of also mindful about when you do recycle something how sure are you that it's recycled and i think there is a tendency of, of us humans to when we when we put something in the recycling bin to just completely remove it from our worries and responsibilities i've done my part i've recycled nothing else matters and it's it, it's a logical way of thinking in some sense for people but at the same time this problem isn't it's not about who's you know the problem with climate change the problem with the environment it's not about um saying it's this person's fault it's that person's fault it's actually it's it's a collective thing and whether you think that you recycled or not it's it's it won't matter at the end of the day so i think be mindful about what's happening with with your items and in a lot of offices including my old office and where i was working um i once stayed after hours and realized that the recycling bin and the normal bin were mixed together before they were being disposed of so you spend your whole day thinking you're recycling but actually none of it's getting recycled um if you buy clothes and you think that you can recycle them or you think that you can donate them are you do you know where they're going to for example in terms of donation there are some donation bins that sometimes you find around london um wh where are they going do you know the charity they're going to do you know where the charity is sending them to um for example do you know that in in rwanda they at one point were getting a lot of donated uh clothes and second hand clothes that it started crashing their own uh textile market so is is that and i think i think it's just being aware of every every step and that helps you make better decisions at the end of the day um you can still buy things obviously when you need them you need to buy things and that's that's there's no question about that but at the same time just be aware of of the real cost of what you're buying yes in terms of that design aspect of this uh do you think there are other things designers can do when they or they can take in consideration when actually putting a collection together i think i think it it goes back to the to the topic we spoke about in the beginning having showing the information in an in a life cycle assessment and lca or an epd showing what how much the carbon cost of this material is is a very very good step i i think because then then people are aware of what what they're paying for um i think using local local materials is good um using lo local people to produce your your garments is good and you know fedra touched on this a lot as well in the, the terms of the social side but it's 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 also very important to think about when you produce something does it have a cost implication to community around you or does it provide a benefit to the community around you for example can you produce items that are not just beneficial for the person who buys them but have a long kind of long term kind of benefit to everyone and when you think about the cost of benefit of any item for example uh, let's say a t-shirt if that t-shirt was made by by a local community who's being trained on how to make these things who's being paid to do these things um in a fair way and then for example once once this t-shirt has reached its end of life it's recycled with them as well who can use it to make something else then when you buy that item you're benefiting a lot more people you're benefiting a lot more things um could even be that the company is also donating for an environmental cause 
So I think try and capture the whole cost, the real cost and benefit of anything you buy, rather than just, oh, it cost me 5,000, I'm going to get the t-shirt. It's actually much larger, much larger than that. Another question I received was about recycling. And so what are the ways to recycle the fabric of your old clothes? And I think this is a really interesting question because goods disposal is such a huge issue in the fashion industry. I'm going to read a quote. And uh, the average consumer now buys 60% more items of clothing than in 2000. But each garment is kept for half as long. These buying habits contribute to the 39 million tons of of post-consumer textile waste. Uh, I also have here a chart of a Pulse report from 2017 about the clothing waste per year. And it shows that 57% of clothing waste is sent to landfill and only 10% gets recycled, which is pretty shocking. But going back to the question, um, before disposing of your goods, there are a few questions you can ask yourself. So can I fix it? You can extend your clothes life and add extra value by mending them, for instance. And uh, if that's not something you feel comfortable doing, check with a local seamstress and for sure they will be happy to help. And uh, if you're in London, in the UK, there's a new app called Sojo, which just got released and is basically a delivery for clothing alterations and repairs. And uh, I guess that just says it all. Another question you can ask yourself is, can I sell it? If your unwanted clothes are in good resellable conditions, why not look into platforms that can make the selling process easier and smoother for you and just give you back some extra cash? Some platforms I used in the past include eBay, Depop and Facebook Marketplace really great resources and if you're more into the high-end side of fashion have a look at Vestiaire Collective. Another question you can ask yourself is can I upcycle it? Um, you can really get creative and repurpose your unwanted goods into something new. For instance a good way to reuse textiles it could be waving or just create nice tapestry or homeware and uh, you can really have fun and create some cool and unique stuff. Also councils might have a textile waste solution in place and there are also charities and organizations that can provide help with recycling of unwanted goods but most often are just simply overwhelmed with clothes and just can't efficiently manage the system. Most of the times, in fact, unwanted goods get simply sent to third world countries and that has such a negative impact on their local economic development. Sustainability is just a trend within the fashion industry or companies are really involving to making a change. Um, I think that term sustainability is definitely a buzzword in the fashion industry, especially in these last couple of years. Um, what's happening with big, with big brands, uh, garment workers, supply chain and transparency. There is a lot of conversations around this. And I certainly believe the fact that companies are pressured from consumers to take action. As humans, it's really sensitive to hear that there are people along the line that are suffering because we have to get the latest trend of, of clothes. And there are companies that 
really actively producing uh, sustainable clothes, ethical working conditions, and, and, and so on. But on the other hand, there are also companies that are riding the wave and using sustainability just for marketing purposes. And, and so the greenwashing, it is a big issue within the fashion industry because we have fast fashion leaders, they're claiming sustainability practices when all their business model is completely unethical. And that's a big issue because then consumers think that Right, that is sustainability. I can still get my five pound t-shirt with probably 1% recycled or organic fiber and just not care about it. Our generation is being trained to think in, this, in the way that clothes should be cheap uh, and we don't really research more, but a big responsibility for sustainable brands to retrain consumers and to really uh, make them understand that clothes have a value, there's labor involved, there's uh, energy involved, there's an environmental impact and, and so on, all the topics that I think we've discussed today. And it's really important to raise awareness to the fact that we need to question companies. If we feel like that their practices are not sustainable, although they claim they're, they're sustainable, we should uh, really ask ask what what they're doing and uh, educate ourselves first. I think that's that's the main. Just to wrap it up, I want to thank you so much, Fedra and Salem, for for your time. Uh, you've been really really educational, and you Fedra shared some really inspiring stories, and I hope that will spark some inspiration also to, to our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you, Julia. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with anyone who might be interested as it would really help to spread the message out there. And I will see you back here in the next episode.